Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Welcome back, everybody, to Crime and Reason. Hope you're all doing well. It's Wednesday evening. I'm Leo Battenhausen. Good evening, everybody. I'm John Kelly. Hope you're well. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, um, we uh, we mourn with the nation tonight over the uh, the slaughter in Charleston, South Carolina last week. Nine innocent, God-loving people were shot to death by a uh, 21-year-old Dylan Roof. And uh, we're, we're going to learn a lot about him on this show tonight, but we're soon, I'm sure we're going to find out a lot more as time goes on, as this this character unfolds, um, you know, further and further into his history. John, what do we know about this guy? 21 years old. You know, this is what really, people just can't seem to wrap their minds around what a 21-year-old would be so angry about and, and carry out such a, such a, senseless evil deed yeah it's it's hard it's hard to wrap your mind around this i mean i i'm looking at you know uh this this uh built up uh internalized rage and it has to be directed somewhere and it looks like this young man found this crazy insane cause to direct this rage this murderous rage. I mean, yeah. you know, I'll tell you what. You put a blog out, okay? Yeah. And in that blog, uh, you put the morally ill are killing our country. Is that correct? Morally that is correct. Ill? That is yeah. my line. Morally and socially ill. Yeah. The morally just- ill are killing. And, and, and where, where again... Not only are the parents, but where are the morals here? I mean, you know, um, I just have to believe, you know, the brain is still forming until you're 24 years old. Correct. Maybe 25. So I've got to look at this guy, this young man is having all this pent up rage and looking for direction to direct it. Or I should say misdirect it because I mean, when you look at this, I mean, we can talk about, you know, the pathological narcissism that we see here. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, but, but this is just pure, pure rage that's been building up and, uh, you know, looking for a direction. And unfortunately, these poor people, my heart goes out to them in uh, South Carolina, you know, got the blunt of it. It, it's, it's beyond being sorry at this point. You know, this is just a complete tragedy. You're right. These poor people are out there worshiping their God, their way. And they invited this, this kid into the, into this service they were having. He sat there for one hour yeah. and, and listened to the messages or just was festering and ready to blow them away. And he waited until it was over, and then he just started bang, 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 bang. You can't put your mind around this and as to why. You're saying pent-up rage. you got to wonder, like, where, you're saying definitely the parents. Where were the parents in this kid's 
life? Why was he so rageful? What happened to him? You know, where where did this come from? He, you know, we don't know much about the parents yet. They're, they've been very quiet. But uh, what we do know is um, there were some of his friends that he went to school with that spoke up and mentioned that he was he was a quiet kid, kind of on the strange side, never thought he'd do something like this. Actually, some even called him a really nice kid. Mm-hmm. So, and these are the ones, these are the ones, the silent ones, you know, that you, no one would ever know. They fall through the cracks, very much like the Adam Lanza character up in, uh, up in, uh, the Sandy Hook, you know, and, uh, the, the family must have moved quite a bit. He moved, we know he moved to at least three schools between the fourth and eighth grades. Okay? Wow. Yeah. So that, I mean, the family wasn't, uh, seems not very rooted. He probably, you know, wasn't making friends or able to keep friends. But, you know, you're right. He had to find some cause in this world, just find some, some place to fit in. And I don't know where he found these, these, uh, clandestine white supremacist groups. He wasn't involved physically in any that we know of. He was involved online though. So here we go. You know, was this kid, I will guarantee you dollars to donuts that this kid spent a lot of time playing violent video games and sitting online in the deep, dark recesses of his room and found this connection, something to latch on to, a cause to, to, to vent this anger. And he picked black people, although he didn't only limit it to them. They were the major focus, but he also wanted to, he wasn't fond of the Jews. He wasn't fond of uh, Latinos. He did like Asians because he thought they were uh, they were raised to be racist. They they know how to take care of blacks and keep them out of their countries and and life lives. Now that's pretty sick thinking. Yeah, and and the website you're you're entirely correct. He spent a lot of time online, and the website that he was kind of glued to was called the Council of Conservative Citizens. Now, that's their new name. Their oh. old name, yeah, and a former name was the White Council. Now, this is obviously a very, very uh, racist website, but uh, he spent quite a, quite a bit of time on there, from what I understand. Well, that's, you know, sure, and that's where he probably, you know, was getting that, let me quote, unquote, parenting, John. He found a purpose in this group, and like like a lot of kids join gangs for very similar purposes. It's a place to feel needed. It's a place to fit in and be accepted, you know, when, when the parents aren't doing their job, and it still comes back to that. I exactly. Him, you know, socially ill is exactly what this guy is. I'm waiting for, you know, the, when he gets his defense attorney, to, they're going to try to say this kid was crazy. And I'll tell you right now, this kid was, he's no crazier than you and I. That's right. He is not. And, um, this is the millennial generation. They are so full of themselves. They will do anything they can to become somebody and something in this world, you know, when they're not raised properly. And this kid certainly was not raised properly. Yeah, I can't, I can't see it. No. Yeah, where are they now? Yeah. I mean, they came out and said they were sorry, but, uh, too little, too late because, I mean, you know, this kid dropped out of school when he was a sophomore. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, you know, he's trying to find himself. He's trying to find his meaning in life. There's no, obviously, there's not a whole lot of direction here. 
If no, there was direction, they wouldn't have directed him towards a white supremacist group. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I, I don't think – someone – one of his friends also spoke of the family and said they were good people, you know, and that there was never any talk of racism or uh, uh, prejudice in the house when he was a kid. And I don't know if that's true or false, but that's what we're hearing so far. So we're, as far as we know, he wasn't raised on that, but that doesn't mean – you know, he was searching for something and found this group to become, you know, feel good about his anger and find a purpose and, and you know, make a statement and, in his own twisted way. You know. Yeah, by you bringing up this moving, this consistent moving, I mean, this consistent uprooting of this young man and he not being able you know, to really have any types of long-term meaningful relationships with others. I mean, that starts to cause uh, a child to alienate others, um, you know, because, you know, they feel they're going to be leaving them again. You well, know, yeah, so. right. You kind of protect yourself by by not getting involved with with other with other kids, but this it, it's the same situation you know, with these other these other mass shooters. I don't think many of them had friends, you know. So I think that speaks to this. They yeah, they're pretty them. much pretty much were loners, they're right? Loners. They're loners because they're not be, they're not socialized correctly. See, here we go. You know, they don't have a place to fit in, and that anger from being neglected, I guess you could say, by the parents, it comes and 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 presents itself in this type of action, these slaughterings. And uh, we're going to see more of this. This is not the the, the first and the and the last. This is going to continue until we get back to the bare bones of of being parents again and being families again. I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm a broken record with this, but that's where it's all about. And who, you know, all these politicians now want to talk about gun control. You know, and why aren't they talking about other things? I mean, everybody's got their own agenda in this. Everybody, everybody has their own agenda and they're running. Everybody's running in different directions. And it's, uh, you know, it's pretty sad because the bottom line is, you know, why did this kid do what he did? You know, that's, that's where the focus needs to be. This needs to be really taken apart. I mean, they had, they, they really have to get into his brain and they have to really, really, uh, get an idea of what set him off, uh, so they can try to prevent, you know, this from happening in other ways. You know, you can be, you can look like being great parents, but the bottom line is if you're not willing to put the work and time into your child, you shouldn't have any kids because yeah. it's going to be the hardest work. That you're ever going to love to do is what I understand. But if you don't want to put the work and the time into your kids, you shouldn't have kids. Because here's a perfect example. I mean, you know, I see this kid not having a job, so he's getting money from somewhere. I see this kid getting arrested. I see this couple prior arrests, doesn't he? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Twice at a mall. I see this kid, one, and, and in one of the rests having illegal Suboxone on him. So he, he didn't have the prescription, so he bought it off the street. 
And Suboxone, this- everybody, just so you know, is a, it's an opiate, uh, it's a, it's supposed to be a prescription opiate to help people get off of heroin. And, but it can be found on the street. That's what Suboxone is in case anybody's wondering. Good. Good for right. bringing that up, Leo. I see him having a car. I know that car has to be paid for. Yeah. I know there has to be insurance on that car. So somebody's paying the insurance on the car. I read about the kid being in nightclubs and drinking. Where's this money coming from? And then the wind-up is, for his birthday, he gets some money in the mail from his family, or his family, you know, handed him the money mm-hmm. as, a, as a gift for his birthday. And this is how we bought the uh, forty-five pistol. Yeah, he bought, all right, I want to talk about that, too, in a minute, but... You know, at a four, I don't know if you know, but a pist- they're expensive. Guns are not cheap. They must have given them quite a, quite a, quite a stash of money. We're talking for a 45, even a used one can run you six to six hundred to a thousand bucks. Okay. They're not cheap. So yeah, he got some money and went out and bought that gun. How did he do that? I don't know. I don't know what, I guess he bought it in South Carolina or North Carolina. Um, but, uh, yeah. With an arrest record. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was arrested. I mean, there's no question about it. But, you know, the, the other thing uh, are, are the warning signs. I mean, I don't know, you know, um, when these were identified by others, how they were identified by others. Uh, but, you know, uh, there were a bunch of warning signs out there, well, you we- know. He, he, he chose Charleston because it's high ratio black to whites. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote, we have no KKK, no skinheads doing anything, but talking on the Internet. So see, again, you can see all this Internet stuff. This, right. this definitely is. goes right back to your book, Social Side. Well, it, yeah. And, 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 you know, so he's on there. He's, he's very familiar. He spent a lot of time on there and, and, and he feels all they're doing is talking. Nobody's acting. Nobody's doing anything. So, well, someone has to be brave enough and has to be me. I've mm-hmm. got to step up here and save the world because this world is being taken over by black people. Right. That's the, that was the underlying motive and how that came to be. We don't know. You know, why, why this population? Why was he so smitten? With, with this population, and, and apparently he planned this attack for six months, which is another reason I say this guy is not mentally ill. And plus the fact that he could sit in that church for one hour and wait until the service was over to, to, to shoot everybody. You know, mentally ill people don't function that way. They don't plan and calculate, do research, you know, and then, uh, you know, can wait six months to do what they've got to do. It just doesn't no, work that way. You're absolutely right. It's a completely premeditated murder, massacre, premeditated massacre. massacre. Okay. I mean, you know, reportedly he withdrew from his family and friends in recent years. Well, how does a family let a young man like this withdraw from them, but continue to enable them financially? See, this is what's bothering me. These are, these are things that have to be answered. You know, how, I mean, what is the signal they're sending to this kid? You know, we mm-hmm. just don't want you around, so here's some money. I mean, I mean, what's the, 
you know, what's the signal here? Because here, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, in all these school shootings, when I looked at this, I, the first thing I thought to myself is, you know, this is similar to a school massacre. Yeah, very much you know, so. Like Columbine or something where, where one of the kids shows up and just starts shooting everybody, you know. And, you know, when we looked at that and, and, and actually went off the, um, you know, the research of, um, you know, the various law enforcement agencies that were involved that did a long, long uh, research study on these school shootings. You know, it, it was brought out that these kids were bullied. Well, there's no signs of this kid ever being bullied. So That's we could true. take that off. We could take that off. But the other major factor that came out is that now one of these kids felt that they had an adult that they could trust and could go and talk to about their innermost feelings. That was across the board, right? Every across the board. Yeah. Across the board. And this was done by the Secret Service. You know, they're the ones that did this research, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? I mean, really, these kids are not being guided. And when your mind is developing and you you don't know what really is right from wrong, you're not being taught morality and, you know, be, you know appropriate behavior and how to socialize, this is what we're getting, these these monsters. I yeah, this is, this is what we're creating. We are creating. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about, you mentioned the parents and, um, you know, where are they and how can this happen? What are the signals? We're going to get into that as soon as we get back. We're going to take a short break. Hang on, folks. By the year 2020, depression will be the world's second highest diagnosed medical condition in the world following heart disease. Millions of people are suffering with depression and sadness. People ask, is depression treatable? What's causing this epidemic and what can we do about it? Psychotherapist Leo J. Battenhausen's book, Defeating Depression, The Calm and Sense Way to Find Happiness and Satisfaction, has helped thousands of people reclaim their lives. He's a licensed clinical social worker and clinical alcohol and drug counsellor. Leo J. Battenhausen shows people how to identify, address and overcome common misconceptions about life that cause many to live in misery. The book that has a five-star rating on Amazon.com is filled with priceless information to quickly bring the reader into a brighter frame of mind and assist in enjoying life to its fullest. Defeating Depression, the common sense way to find happiness and satisfaction by Leo J. Battenhausen. Available at select bookstores, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. It will change your life. Now, back to John and Leo for more Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everybody. We're back on Crime and Reason here. We're talking about the uh, slaughter of um, nine South Carolinians, I think that's how you say it, by a senseless killing by a Dylan Roof. And we were um, just discussing, you know, what are the signals that we should be looking for in these kids? You know, nobody, like John was mentioning early, we're not doing anything to figure out why. And these kids do what they do of all these shootings. We're talking about they have a, a lack or they all have a lack of a adult figure they can trust in their lives. 
and we're talking also about how this kid is being supported. Where are the parents? He's got a car. He's going to bars. He's got money. He's got insurance. They sent the money to buy a gun, um, or and that's what he did. So somehow he's surviving. But I'll tell you what, John, th- that's the guilt on the parents' part. This is how they relieve themselves for not being a parent. That's my my theory on this. They give and give and give, and no, they none of them want to say, "Well, my kid might be a little messed up." You know, I don't know. He's acted so weird. Why isn't he like everybody else? They're they're oblivious to this. Obviously, they don't do anything about it. Yeah, so my category, my category for them is the apathetic parent. Well, that's they don't, they, they throw money at it. They throw money at them exactly, and that you know that doesn't work. This obviously that wasn't enough for this kid. That these children want to be parented. They might not like it, and it might not seem like they want it, but they truly do. Underneath all of that, you know, I'm, I'm, I've worked with clients when they're 40 years old now. They know they're not in any kind of trouble or anything, but they'll say, you know, my parents let me get away with murder. It's like they didn't even care about me. I could do anything I wanted. And that's, that's what happens as you get older. You, you realize, like, were my, were my parents tough? Or, or were they just giving me everything I wanted? And that ripples into all kinds of problems for kids or adults. And here we have what we're breeding now in this country are these these monstrous murderers who are getting their socialization um, and, and information on what who to be from social media and Internet relationships because they're not having real relationships in, in the real world and learning how to be a human being. And that's what's going on. And the parents are just not uh, they're in tune to this. No, I, they're just they're just enabling and embellishing. Yeah. That's a thing. Be a parent for God's sakes. And I think that's uh, you know the case like you were saying. Uh, not one of these one of these killers had an adult figure in their lives that they could trust. Exactly. Not How one. They said, felt they did not have an uh, an adult figure that they could trust and talk to. And so that anger gets redirected. I mean, the real anger, I think, of all of them is at the family. Absolutely, and at themselves. I'm sure a lot of these kids believe that sister family doesn't put a lot of, uh, you know, uh, time and attention into them, that they're defective, that there's something wrong with them, you know? Well, yeah, not sure. Normal, you know? Right. So I think it's a, I think it's a mixture of both, a combination of both. You know, I really don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and here this this kid, this uh, Dylan, it was how does it? In his manifesto, he he wanted to uh, start a civil war against the blacks. He'd been planning this. You know, this this gave him his mind stimulation, albeit evil stimulation and completely uh, rotten stimulation. But it gave him a cause. You know, where the parents did not. And that's it's, what we got gotta look at as parents, folks. You're absolutely right. It gave him cause. It gave him meaning. It gave him structure. Because he's this was very structured, very well planned. Yes, it was. Okay? It gave him meaning, it gave him structure. I mean you know, 
that's what kids need, right? Exactly. And, that's and, what I'm and, saying. And, yes. Yes. And, and they're going to go one way or the other. They're going to go one way or the other. I mean, either the parents are going to give them, help them find their meaning and help them with their structure, or they're going to go out in the street and find it elsewhere, or they're going to go on the internet and get it. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And as much as they will kick and scream, if you try to set those consequences and structure in place, that's, sorry folks, that's the job of being a parent. Well, my kid doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to listen. That's that's when you're supposed to do your job, and I don't think people have the, you know, the 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 what do you the girth anymore, the perseverance to do the right thing for their kids. And this isn't this kid as much as he's a, a evil thinking monster. I kind of have some feelings for him because I think the parents cut him had cut him short of of a life. You know, he really. You know, you gotta, you gotta blame him for what he did. He is certainly guilty of this. But where did it come from is the other part. Yeah, and it's something you brought up, you know, in a couple different other shows. Um, you know, the kids underneath it all are looking for that structure. They want that help. I mean, part of them wants to rebel, but the other part of them is kind of looking and pleading for help. You know, they don't know yeah. what to do going through adolescence and everything. Right. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, to be allowed to quit school in 10th grade, come on. You know, I, mean, I know. I mean, I mean, I know. I, I think you mentioned he was kept back in ninth yeah, grade. Yeah, he had to repeat I, ninth I mean, grade. I, I mean, you know, couldn't he have got some tutoring? I mean... I just don't understand this. I see all this moving around, you know. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I just, you know, I see these, him driving a car, the car being paid for. I see him being with his friend, Joseph Meek. And Joseph mm-hmm. Meek uh, mentioned that uh, um, Roof caught up with them a while back, not too long before the shooting and everything, and uh, through Facebook, Meek knew him from uh, school. And hadn't seen him in years. And, uh, you know, uh, through Facebook, he said that there was all this ranting and raving going on, raging, if you, if you might want to focus in on it, mm-hmm. about, uh, Trevon Martin and Freddie Gray and saying that black people were taking over the world. That's correct. That is right. He that that was the, the catalyst, at least in in, uh, in uh, Roof's mind, was that that Trayvon Gray, that black on white crime, he claims is what you know flipped the switch in him to to take on this cause. Um, so you know, this is just it's hard to wrap around and to get a grip on. But right, the friend did say that, and the kid, the, the friend also said this was not the kid he knew in school, right? Right. So right, this right. is building, building, building. And one other interesting thing with some of the pictures of uh, Dylan Roof on his, I guess it's on his Facebook account or some type of social media account. There's pictures of him, you know, holding the gun and the gun and burning the American flag. Him standing in uh, like in front of a, an old slave plantation. But you know, nobody's in these pictures. Like he, he, he takes them himself, I guess. I don't think the guy has any friends. I really don't, and 
those pictures, to me, if you look at them, they, they serve as a warning sign. Absolutely. Too, right? Absolutely, they, Leo. You're right on. Right? I mean, you're he was right on. Screaming for, look at this. Maybe somebody help me. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody looked at his stuff because, I mean, really, I don't think he had any friends in that part of the, the rage, too. But there was all these pictures of just him. You know, just him, and I don't know if there. We got to find out a lot more about what what really went on, and, and if he had. I'm very curious to know if he was having conversations online with that white supremacist group, you know, and if there was any uh, real community you know, dialogue going back and forth between them. Well, he was really connected to them. I mean. Uh... He went to uh, an island and he scrawled 1488 into the sand. What's 1488, John? 1488 is a code for, it's a white supremacist code. The uh, 14 stands for uh, 14 words of a phrase coined by the founder of the American Nazi Party. (laughs) We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white. People. <laughs> oh, that's there's it's sad and it's very scary. I'll tell and, you what. And then the eighty-eight is, is the eight. H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So eight-eight in the code is for Heil Hitler. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so he did a lot of homework, I guess. In this uh, area, uh, in, in learning how to become a white supremacist and what what the codes are, and you know, he he also was like quoting incorrectly. However, a lot of history about black slaves in America, saying how good they had it, and uh, you know, not all Southern um, plantation owners had slaves, something along these lines. All of his history was very skewed and very, it was just wrong. Like somebody had mentioned he probably never took a history class or an American history class. So that information, uh, it could have come off of that online, um, place. I don't know. You know, they, they, they propagandize and turn around and rewrite history all the time. So. Oh, absolutely. They re, they radicalized this kid. I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly he just, he just got overwhelmed. He got completely overwhelmed with this website and, and it became his passion. It became his meaning. I mean, you know, he just fell right into it. I mean, this is how I make my mark in the world. Sad. I mean, the, you know, as evil and as sick as this is, you know, this, this, this is a kid without structure and, uh, you know, without somebody watching over him. Bottom line. And John, this, this is, look, he is a byproduct along with all the other, you know, the, the school shooters and the, the, the movie theater shooters and the mall shooters. These are all byproducts of what we are raising today and how we have become so t- technologically advanced that we're letting technology raise our children and we're going to see it over and over and over again you know parents are not doing their jobs anymore 
you know why? And a lot of the parents are, have grown up with this technology too nowadays. So they're desensitized to, you know, well, I'm okay. My kids should be okay, you know, online all the time, playing games and, you know, doing what they want to do. I, I can sit back. When that television was invented, it became um, America's best babysitter. And that's when it all really started. Now that's right. That's it's right. The truth. You know, this was the biggest thing in the world. And my kids can watch TV. I don't have to work. You know, and it just grew from there. So, but all of these ones, they're just lost souls. You know, and of course, not all kids are going to become killers and shooters, but they're going to, we're going to see more and more of it. And what this does, like this particular shooting now will ripple into our communities, into our schools, into our politics, into our lives, where, um, you know, this black-white uh, war or presumed war is going on. And this just needs to stop. You know, we need to, we need, uh, the people need to work together you know, to get these kids raised right. You know, instead of, you know, Al Sharpton running down there, I don't think he went down there, and I was very curious as to know why that didn't happen. He's usually got his hands in all of these potentially racist things. Where was he for this? But this is what happens, and it gets so hyped up in the media, and it causes people to to have hate in their in their you know in their being for um, other people. I'll bet money that these African Americans down there that underwent this horrific massacre and their relatives are just. Very, very forgiving, a number one people. They're just wonderful people, and and they just did not want any part of Al Sharpton or anybody else. I mean, I think they they just showed an awful lot of class. They, they through, certainly did. Just going through this horrific uh, ordeal. They are, they already have made a statement. They, they forgive this kid. Yeah. How about that? So yeah, I mean, in the wives, I mean, said they are, they're very good people. And, um, I think Charleston in general is a very big hearted, very big hearted, friendly community, uh, city. And you're right, but it was a very different, um, reaction to this than like some of the cop shootings we've seen, you know, and, um, other, uh, other potentially racist. Uh, attacks. So I give them a lot of credit and that's very brave of them. And they are truly, uh, you know, God's people in my opinion. Yeah. And, 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 and something else, you know, uh, he shows up at a cemetery that is considered a sacred, uh, African American cemetery that's filled with slaves. And he has a picture taken of himself there. But, of course, he's wearing his jacket with the Rhodesia patch, the apartheid patch Mm. on it. You know, so even though he's in front of the cemetery, you know, he's got this really, um, you know, discriminatory patch on on his jacket. What's he saying? (laughs) You know what he's saying. Yeah, what's the message? Uh, the message is, you know, F you, yeah. I guess. And then yeah. another cry for help. Well, maybe, you know, what he, this guy was looking for attention. That's Absolutely. Right? And he was, I guess he wasn't getting enough 
you know, online, like I said, people probably just thought he was a kook of some sort or never looked, looked at the pictures, but he, he made sure they know who he is now. Um, and what really, he didn't kill himself, unlike most of the other shooters. This guy did not, uh, take his own life after his deed, which, uh, I found very surprising. Yeah, and he said he was. He said he was going to kill himself. Hmm. Did that and, and yeah, that. yeah. He mentioned he told some other people he's going to kill himself, but he never did it. He never did it. And uh, you know, he uh, had a bunch of friends uh, who were African Americans, and he would talk to them about doing something big, and he was planning something big, and he was going to go off and. Uh, you know, uh, do an attack mm-hmm. and they just, they just, uh, scratched it up to him, you know, being crazy and, uh, that it really wasn't going to happen, but he pretty much laid it out to them on what he was going to do. And, you know, nobody mentioned a word. Now so. this young man's name is, it's public. It's Christian Scriver. Scriver, Christian Scriver, a friend uh, from a trailer park in Lexington, South Carolina. He said Roof had alleged uh, and outlined his plan a week before. To him, huh? To kill, to kill, yeah, to kill these people. And you no, know, and he didn't say a word. Yeah, yeah, he Did said he, he was he was looking to kill a bunch of people. Oh. See, the warning's African American. You know, now again, you ask for another plea. Right there, you go again. The warning signs are all in place, and yeah. uh, you know, buddy took this kid seriously. Not a, a scriver and his other friends assumed he was joking. Well, I guess you would. I mean, you have to. But then again, you never know. I mean, you have to think that's a joke. I guess you know. I don't know how kids think, but. You know, well, they're not psychologists. They don't know, uh, you know, exactly. who this guy exactly. is. Right. We can't you know, blame them, but certainly we, we, we as a people in society got to take all these types of threats seriously now. And, um, if we don't, this is what can happen. Mm-hmm. So, well, we're going to take another quick break and come back and wrap up this story. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Thanks. Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board-certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties, with both day and evening appointments available. Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. 
We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath us right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksandMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death. By Leo J. Battenhausen. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Here are your hosts, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We're talking about the shooting in South Carolina. Dylan Roof is the shooter, and uh, Leo and I are just trying to make sense out of all this. I mean, this whole thing is just pretty insane. Uh, but we believe there was a lot of warning signs, and we believe mm-hmm. there were uh, considerable uh, pleas for help, if you will, from this kid, and I'll call him a kid, uh, yeah. you know, that, that became uh, a horrific shooter. I mean, how about him just sitting around for an hour in the church, you know, and, and you know, uh, uh, enjoying the service? Or at least, <laughs> yeah, at, at least being in the service with the rest of the it. parishioners, tolerating the service, and, and then uh, you know, saying, "Listen, I'm sorry, but somebody's got to do this," and then start shooting them. Hey, well, he did, you know, what do you think is going through his mind while he's sitting there? Well, when he got up to do the shooting, he was screaming out, you know, vulgarities and the. Uh, racist comments. He just went ballistic, I think, verbally as he shot and shot and shot and shot. And he made sure they were all dead. Yeah, and see, this is this volcanic rage. See, now this, this, this has been building. This has been building for many years. This just doesn't come about in three months or six months. This comes about after a long time. It takes a long time for this to build up. And this mm-hmm. has just been building and building and building. And the warning signs were obviously there, as you mentioned. You know, we have pictures with them with the gun, st- in, in the, in, with the gun and gun stands. Yeah. The, you know, the various poses, you know, yeah. burning the American flag. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, him telling his people, told right. his friend, yeah, he's going to go out and do this a week before he told his Christian scriber. He said, and, and Christian scriber again is an African American. He told him and his friends, said, I'm going out there and I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill a bunch of people. And and they thought he was joking. But but the warning signs were all around. Was it a plea right. for help? Was it a plea? Hey, somebody stop me. I'm out of my mind. I don't know what I'm doing. You have well, to wonder. You have to yeah. wonder, you yeah. know. 
Because yeah. but how many times enough. over the years we see people dying on the streets of New York City, getting stabbed or shot or otherwise, and people just walk by and leave them. They, they don't, nobody stops. They just walk right on by. Nobody does anything. That's you know? true. So this isn't mm-hmm. something new either. This isn't something new. But what what is new and what's going on in the country uh, is this, uh, you know, this whole social transformation that you brought out in your book, Social Side. I mean, if, if you don't have parents raising kids and you have technology raising kids, yes, you know, what? technology has no feelings or consideration. Right, exactly. I, 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 you know, I mean... If our computers are raising kids, what are we going to have? Computerized kids or computers for kids, however you want to put it. Right. No feelings, no empathy, no ability to, you know, be creative or, you know, find a place or a niche of your own. You're a machine. And, you know, you're gathering all this information and trying to find a place of, of, of self-esteem and well-being. Um, through internet connections and Facebook. This is all, this is everywhere on all levels. And this is just one byproduct of what can happen when there's no parenting involved. You know, and then you got the other, just the, 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 the annoying narcissists all over the place who, you know, don't hold a door for you. They'll cut you off in traffic. You know, they don't give a damn about people. They just want to do what they want to do. So if, you know, from, there's various stages and levels of how full of themselves people can get and and this guy was cer- certainly on the top of a uh, of the severity list when it comes to uh, this technology age and what can happen and what is happening and they were all all of these shooters were somehow wrapped up in in video games and and online yeah what would they do if they didn't have-, have computers what if there were no computers what what would these kids do then you know that's another thing They'd be forced, I guess, to socialize themselves or just become a hermit. I don't know. Exactly. Or what would their parents do? Well, that's what, a better what, I mean, question. The parents, the parents would have to be more involved, wouldn't you think? And, I, and, and yeah. believe me when I tell you, kudos to all you parents out there. Kudos to you that put the time and effort into your children to help them get through life and set up a structure with consequences, boundaries, and good pats on the back for a job well done. Kudos that, to you. Well put, John. And that's also, you know, there is what we need to be focusing on when these things come up. There is where, you know, our government, whoever, needs to focus on strengthening the information and the support and education um, for families, not on let's get rid of guns, can, you know, gun, we need more gun control, gun control, gun control. Guns will be available if they're legal or not. Let's get real. Drugs have been around forever and they're still, they're illegal. It's not about gun control. It's, and it's mental, mental health. Let's, let, we've taken all that away from people. It's very hard to get good mental health help these days because of insurance companies cutting back and not paying for what's needed. I mean, not that, you know, that, that could help a little counseling here and there for these kids or for parents to learn how to be better parents. But that's where our country needs to focus. That's the prevention key, in my opinion, is strengthening the importance of 
family and parenting. That's all about what, what the social side was about and bringing some spirituality back into this world because we're a bunch of walking robotic morons now. And this is horribly horrible and it's just going to get worse. That's yeah, the like cure. you said in your blog. Right. Just this like you said in your blog. The morally ill are killing our country. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Not the mentally ill, it's the morally ill. Morally ill. Morally bankrupt people. And, you know, this is where, you know, our politicians should be addressing these situations. They don't do that, though. They look to blame, always looking to blame, 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 blame. The NRA, it's their fault. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, the, 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 the kid, he's a, he's a, ment- he's a, mo- he's a mentally ill. You know, this, let's get real here. And why is it so hard for us to look at these things and then, and make them happen and, and watch the world change again? Yeah, we can have technology. It's not about that, but you know, to what limit? To what limit? Be yeah, a parent. See the, yeah, you get you, 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 kids without parents or kids without guidance. Kids without parents or kids without structure. Yeah, it's that it's that simple. You know, they have to be shown the right way because there's too much negativity out there. You know, the evil is extremely seductive. Yes, it is. And 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 it takes a good parent. To steer a kid in the right direction. There's no question about it. Also, too, you know, when you're looking, when you're looking at these, uh, organizations, uh, that this young man was hooked up to, uh, you know, the website that was formerly called the Council on Conservative Citizens, or I'm sorry, uh, the website called Council of Conservative Citizens, but was formerly the White Council. That's, mm-hmm. that's what, uh, it's called now, the Council of Conservative Citizens. Okay. They just donated a bunch of money. And this is interesting to me because this is a white supremacist organization. And this is the mm-hmm. website he spent all his time on. They just donated a bunch of money to three people, to Ron Paul, to Ted Cruz, and to Rick Santorum. And what's interesting to me is that they donated to Rick Santorum because he's Catholic. And usually usually these guys, you know, they don't like Jews, Catholics, whoever. I mean, they... they, you know, they, uh, they, they, uh, discriminate in a lot of, di- with a lot of different populations. You know, they discriminate with a lot of po- yeah. different populations. But they just made some big donations and we'll see if these guys, in light of all this that's going on with this young man, who accepts these donations and who doesn't. Very interesting. Let me ask you real quick, cause, uh, we don't, we only have a couple more minutes though, John. In your work with, you know, profiling serial killers over the years. What what have you seen as far as their parenting? What, how, what kind of parents did they have? Was it similar to this? Or did some of them have good parents? I've never found any kind of serial killer that had good parenting. Uh, and, and I and I found very, I, 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 don't, I don't think I found any. I know they're out there. I just haven't come across them. 
that well, you were, never did though. Any in your experience, and I know you've seen a lot of them and worked yeah, with, no, with no, a lot. I, most that, of them are, are most of them are very physically and sexually abused. They're um, you know they're neglected. Yeah, I mean the neglect definitely, the neglect definitely, um, and and more or less thrown to the wind. Yes, uh, but but usually there's more physical and sexual type abuse that takes place. Um, But I've not found a whole lot of serial killers that have been indulged by their parents either, like this kid was. Now, this kid's not a serial killer. He's a mass murderer. Right, right. There's a difference. There's Mm -hmm. a difference, okay? So, I mean, obviously, he was indulged, spoiled. You want want to use some word? Let's use spoiled, okay? He was spoiled. I don't see him having a job. Where'd all this money come from? Yep. Okay, even though even the money to get the gun. Okay, um, but you know most serial killers are are uh, very much uh, not indulged and very much abused, and most of your gang members uh, are pretty much the same way. Bottom line is, if the parents don't set the structure for the kid, and the kid is left to the streets, guaranteed. The streets or the internet at this stage of the game is going to set the structure on where the kid goes, good or bad. And there we go. And there we have it. There we have it. So let's get our money and focus on to uh, building up family structure and then learning how to parent, if you're going to parent, and uh, stop the blame game, folks. This is not going to get us anywhere. Next week we have a guest, John. Who is she? Oh, we have Marianne Glenn on, and I can't wait to do next week's show because this is a new phenomenon that is really uh, in epidemic proportions across the country. It has to do with our children. And and these are all these pedophile teachers popping out of the woodwork. Yep. And 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 pedophile females. Yep, it's all brand new. That that are that are taking advantage of younger boys. I mean, where did this come from? Definitely technology has something to do with this. You're not kidding. We never heard about this years ago. Never. Never. This is going to be a very interesting subject, the one everybody should want to hear. Marianne Glenn's been with us before. She's a great guest. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday for that. And uh, check out our website at crimeandreason.com. That's one long word, crimeandreason.com. Send us any messages or suggestions. Criticisms, whatever you like, and uh, <laughs> we'll have to get to it. So, thanks for listening again, John. Um, thank you. We'll talk thank to you. Thank you. Next week. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.